0: All of God's people said, Praise the Lord. Lord. Thank you, team. I think you have to be living in outer space to not see or hear the relentless attack on women and on motherhood. The evil forces are now wanting us not to use even the term mother they want us to use the term birthing parent how idiotic how foolish now only those of us who know and understand the nature of satan and evil and his evil schemes and devices can see satan's fingerprint all over this relentless attack on mothers because Satan understand the immense importance of mothers, especially godly mothers. Satan understand that motherhood is one of humanity's highest calling. Satan knows that motherhood is one of the greatest responsibility that God ever placed on Earth. Motherhood is the most powerful influence in our lives. Motherhood has the power to impact societies and nations, and yes, the world. Motherhood uh, has greater impact on the future of this world than even despots and emperors. Why do I say this? Because you cannot point to someone who has accomplished great things, good things, without discovering there is a mother behind the scenes. I often say with tongue-in-cheek that behind every successful man, there is a surprised mother-in-law, <laughs> but never a surprised mother. Maybe. Why? Because she works, she plans, she prays for the success of her children. You heard me recently give the example of son Augustine of Hippo who was the product of his mother Monica's prayer and hard work and guidance. Paul tells us about Timothy, his disciple, who most likely was his successor, about how he was impacted by his mother and his grandmother. John and Charles Wesley, have heard me say this, they, they impacted the world. They were a direct product of faith and work and prayer of Susanna Wesley, their mother. And we saw recently, those of you who may be visiting with us, in the last two messages, we looked at the, uh, how Samuel, the great prophet, one of the greatest prophet of Israel, one of the great leaders of Israel, was a product of the intercessory prayer of his mother, Hannah. If you went here, you can download the messages. But the list goes on and on and on. But today, I have chosen an obscure mother, whose impact upon the world has been felt for 3,600 years or more. Jacobid was the mother of Moses. Moses, who handed to humanity, not just to Israel, but to humanity, the Ten Commandments, which are the reflection uh, of God's own character. That's what the Ten Commandments are. That's why they hate them so much, because they reflect the character of God. Moses, whom God used to deliver his people from the savagery and the slavery of Egypt, Moses, whose impact still felt today, thousands of years later, Moses was the product of the faith and the prayer of his mother, Jacobit. From the little we know about this great woman, we have to conclude that she represented all the positives in motherhood. Jacobit was a role model for godly motherhood. Jacobit was a model for self-sacrificing moms who fill this church. Jacobit is a role model of trusting in the living God right in the midst of the bleakest and the darkest of the most dangerous times in human history for God's people. Not many years ago, a prominent politician wrote a book saying, it takes a village to bring up a child. Yet both the Word of God and history contradict this mistaken notion. Why? Because it doesn't take a village, uh, and this kind of thinking does not take into account that a godless village will produce godless children, that an immoral village will produce immoral children. So, we say no and a million no to that mistaken notion. Listen to me, please. It takes faith to bring up children in the ways of God. It takes prayer to bring up godly children. It takes commitment to the teaching and the instructing of children in the Word of God that produces godly children. It takes intentional dedication to bring up children in the fear and nurture of the Lord. It, it, it takes a godly mom and a godly dad and a godly grandparents to bring up godly children. And that is why I often remind young parents when I meet with them before baptism that our children are not ours. Sometimes people will think, well, it's ours, and they become so possessive. <laughs> our children are not ours. They're God's. They're children of God. He entrusts them to us for a period of time to manage them to, on, on His behalf, to be the stewards of bringing up our children to know and to love Jesus. That is the responsibility that He gives us. The reason Jacobit is a role model for parenting is because she teaches us all, she teaches us all how to prioritize, protect, prepare, and provide for our children. But before I get to Jacobit and her role model in terms of priority, protection, preparation, and provision, particularly for Moses, I need to give you a historical background. You see, back in the old days, people would talk about the Bible and make reference to how everybody knew the Bible. But uh, unfortunately, and especially we're having millions of people watching around the world, I have to give you that historic background. So Moses did not just come up in a vacuum. uh, Everybody knows about Joseph and his technet-colored coat and dreams and all that stuff that you see in the theaters. But Joseph was Moses' ancestor. You understand, he was sold into the, by his wicked brothers into slavery in Egypt. But in spite of the tragedies and the false accusations and the injustice that he suffered in prison, Uh, Joseph's faithfulness in honoring God was honored by God, and he became the most powerful man in the superpower of the day in Egypt, only next after Pharaoh. Then Joseph brought his father Israel. Jacob and Israel is the same name. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. He brought Israel, his father, and his brothers into the fruitful land to survive, literally to survive extinction. And the Bible makes it very clear that God blessed Egypt because of Joseph. Let me tell you something. When you're faithful with God, God will bless everywhere you go because of you. God continues to protect this country because of the faithfulness of the believers. Even we're shrinking, even we are getting smaller in number, we're becoming a small remnant. Nonetheless, God will keep blessing because of us until we surrender and give up and compromise, then the great tribulation will come. But then the children of Israel remained in Egypt for 400 years, just as God told grandfather Abraham. He told him, he said, your descendants will go into slavery in Egypt for 400 years, but then I will bring them out. Just as God said, they were down there for 400 years. And during those 400 years, they multiplied. The, uh, the numbers go in thing from a million to two million. Really nobody can be accurate in numbers, but anything from a million to two million. Please listen carefully. Every successive Pharaoh that came and sat on the throne of Egypt treated the Israelites well, out of gratitude of what Joseph did for the country, what Joseph did for the world, actually. He did not only save them from starvation, he saved them from extinction. But about a hundred years before they will be delivered from Egypt, about a hundred years, there was a Pharaoh who arose, he could not care less what Joseph did he could not care less about history. Listen to Exodus one There came a new pharaoh who did not know or did not value all that Joseph did for Egypt. This pharaoh, listen to me, is like so many people in our culture today. They want to destroy history, they want to destroy historical accomplishment, good or bad. They're tearing down monuments, and they're tearing down all of the historical evidence of our existence, just like the barbarians, the Taliban, and the ISIS, and, and the terrorists who are tearing down statues and churches and, and, and monasteries. We have them here today. The barbarians are here, and they're destroying monuments, historic monuments of this country. I'm telling you. If you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you're going. And they don't understand that. Like many of our today uh, barbarians who wanted to erase historical evidence and historical accomplishment. So what did he do? He issued a decree. He issued a decree. Every male born to the Israelites, every male born to the Israelites, be aborted at birth. Have you heard that? There are governors in this country who are saying that you can abort after birth. And you know who I'm talking about. There are evil people who want to kill babies after they're born, just like Pharaoh did. This is not abortion in demand. This is abortion by demand. And in the midst of this bleak and dark environment, Moses is born. Jacobit, as the epistle to the Hebrews said, by faith, she would not give in to this terrible decree. She would not give in to this dictatorship decree. She sensed in her spirit that the baby Moses will serve God's purpose. This baby Moses is a gift from God. How could she destroy his life? And therefore... She trusted God and bucked the system, bucked the evil laws of the land. And I was thinking about the impact of mothers. I was looking in the archives, and I found an old thing that I had kept there for many, many years about some things godless mothers have said to their children. Not godless, she'll get that. And uh, it could be a parody. I'll let you decide that for yourself. But here goes. Alexander the Great's mother said to him, How many times I have to tell you, you can have everything you want in the world. (laughs) Franz Schubert's mother, Take my advice, son. Never start anything if you cannot finish it. (laughs) Achilles' mother, Stop imagining things. There's nothing wrong with your heel. (laughs) Sigmund Freud's mother, Stop pestering me. I've told you a hundred times, the stalk brought you here. <laughs> now, this next one is going to need some explanation later. You can tell the young kids, the, the younger generation. Boy, George's mother. Yeah, my generation would remember that. Do you want to be different? Why can't you be just like Nancy, your brother? know, <laughs> uh, listen. In these days of crazy transgenderism and all that junk, this might not sound funny, but it is. But we thank God for the Jacobits in this world. In the midst of darkness, there are so many Jacobits today. She sought and taught her son Moses the Word of God, the plan of God. And he and the promise of deliverance that was made to great 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 grandpa Abraham Hebrews 11:23 again By faith Moses' parents hid him for 3 months because they were afraid of the king's edict I want you to imagine what an incredibly radical faith that is Now I can because I know the culture. <laughs> I mean, even back then, when you think about it, people were living on top of each other. I mean, this is a densely populated It's densely populated now, but it was a densely populated area. They all lived along that strip of the Nile because the rest was, was, was desert. Just think about three months of keeping the baby from crying, lest the neighbor hears him, <laughs> and protecting that baby for three months. It's a miracle. It's quite a feat. The first thing I want to point to about godly mothers is they protect their children. Please listen to me. This is very different from smothering your children. You're with me. Protecting is different from smothering. Uh, protecting has an element of trusting God in that protection process. Smothering is trusting on yourself. If I can't do it, nobody else will do it. I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to do it. God has nothing to do with it. That's smothering. It's a world of difference. Jacobit weaved a basket, a baby Moses, still called the Moses basket even to this day, (laughs) and she placed it among the reeds in the waters of the River Nile, totally trusting in God's power to take care of him she did her part. Now she believes with all her heart that God is going to do His part. Is going to do His part. You know, now growing up in Egypt, (laughs) we were taught in school, almost recited on a regular basis, that denial is the life of Egypt. Without it, Egypt would be utter desolate desert. And yet, listen to me, yet, Some ancient Egyptian mothers, to them, the Nile was not the source of life. It was a symbol of death. You say, how come? Because some of these godless pagan mothers who worshipped the crocodile gods of the Nile, they literally threw their babies as a sacrifice to the gods of the Nile. Here's an absolute irony I don't want you to miss. The very symbol of dread and death on part of the pagan mothers have become the instrument of life for saving baby Moses. She trusted in God. Even though she heard about Him secondhand. They didn't have a Bible. She heard about God through oral tradition. That's how The the information was transmitted from generation to generation through oral tradition by telling them the story and telling it again and telling it again and telling it again. And that's what we need to do in our homes. We tell the children the stories of God's grace and God's mercy and God's intervention in our lives and say them again and again and again until they get so bored of it. (laughs) Leave the rest to God. While ancient Egyptian mothers were sacrificing children to the Nile's God, Jacob, it trusted God with her baby in that same Nile water. Beloved, listen to me. Trusting God in our, with our children can turn the very source of death to be a source of life. Can I get an amen? Amen. This godly mother covered the basket with tar to protect him from the devouring evils. I know, I know today so many godly parents are protecting their children from the deadly influence of the world, and I thank God for you. I thank God for you. Today, godly parents sealed their children with the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit of God. Today, godly parents model for their children what it means to believe in God, to believe God and take Him at His Word, to trust in God, to walk with God, to serve God, and to love God. Not only that, but I know and you know how we hear and see literally on the news almost every night how godless parents are sacrificing their children to the gods of this world, whether it be money or fame or popularity or acceptance or getting along whatever gods they do, they're offering their children to these evil gods. But godly moms daily weave baskets of the Word of God around their children. That the Word of God will dwell in them richly because I can tell you this, sooner or later that Word of God is going to bring them back to God and no matter how many years they wander off, He'll bring them back. The Word of God, when it's given, it will not come back empty. When Jacobus and Jacobit and her older daughter Miriam placed that baby Moses' basket in the reeds of the edge of the Nile, it wasn't just haphazardly, well, let's find a nice place to put him in there, or uh, carelessly, or just to catch a sketch can. No, 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 no. They placed the basket. They placed in the very area where they knew that Pharaoh's daughter comes with her maids every morning to bathe in the River Nile. But that's not all. Moses' older sister, Miriam, stood guard. <laughs> she hid in the reeds, in the reeds, but she was... Watching, keeping an eye on that basket. And sure enough, right on schedule, Pharaoh's daughter and her attendants, they come to that very spot that they have come to every single day to bathe. And as they opened that basket and saw that beautiful baby, they fell in love with the baby. Who doesn't fall in love with babies? I think if I wasn't preaching, I'd be working in the nursery. Miriam, who was standing guard nearby, as soon as she heard Pharaoh's daughter gawking and gooing over the baby, she jumped out of the reeds and said, "Wet nurse, anyone? (laughs) I have a deal for you. What a coincidence, huh? What luck. Don't miss this, please. Don't miss this. Jacob had got to nurse, train, disciple, and instruct her son, and she got paid for it. (laughs) For eight years, Jacob had had the privilege of training her little boy. Most of you know, those first eight years of life are the most formidable, the most formidable Formidable years, because they form everything inside of us. Scientists said this like an iron that's engraving on a record. It's engraved and stays there. It stays there. That's why I said to you, when you bring up your child to fear of the Lord, I don't care how long that child is going to swim away with the sharks and with the crocodiles in the water of Nile, they will come back. God will see to it during those 8 years another scripture doesn't say that but i'm convinced jacobid taught moses before he got adopted by pharaoh as his grandson before he got influenced by the evil and wicked environment and godless ideology of the palace no doubt she taught him about abraham and isaac and jacob no doubt she told him about the faithfulness of joseph and the purity of Joseph in the house of Potiphar, and then in the prison, and then in the palace of Pharaoh. She no doubt told him about God's plan to deliver his children out of Egypt, just as he promised Father Abraham. Don't miss this, please. Don't miss the contrast here. While the pagan ancient Egyptian mothers were offering their children as a sacrifice to the crocodile gods, to appease the Nile gods, Jacob had protected, instructed, and trained her son. In reality, if you understand the edict of this evil king, Pharaoh, you'll understand that what he was doing is that he was killing two birds with one stone. That's what he's doing. ordering for the Hebrew boys to be sacrificed, offered to the crocodile gods, he thought he would eliminate God's people. At least he called them down, but but then eliminate them altogether. And then, at the same time, appease the crocodile gods. All at the same time. Diabolical. Diabolical. I know that many of you know that Pharaoh and Egypt in the Bible represent ungodly philosophies. They represent godless world system, just like the godless system that we're experiencing today. Never did I thought, never did I dream that we would see so many powerful people, powerful media conspiring against God's anointed. And that is why I thank God for mothers like Jacobit in this place. You know, at this point, I was, earlier in the week, I was writing the messages. I was praying on my knees and writing. I always, even if I repeat myself, I always start afresh, and I write afresh. And as I was doing this, I was about to take a break, and an email popped up, and it was about a 12-year-old young man who gave a speech to the Board of Education. I don't know this young man certainly, but after watching him for two minutes, it's all it is the speech was. You have to conclude, whoever his parents were, they've done a great job. And that's watched by six million people, but I want you to watch it in case you missed it. Let's play it on the screen.
1: students came to pick me up. What did my shirt say? Five simple words. There are only two genders. Nothing harmful, nothing threatening, just a statement I believe to be a fact. I have been told that my shirt was targeting and protecting
0: I'm thankful to the Lord for moms and dads in this church who are forever vigilant, protecting and instructing their children. Parents who are forever weaving baskets of the Word of God to cradle their children. Godly moms and godly dads guarding the hearts and the minds of their children. How? By the power of the Word of God. Don't ever... Underestimate the power of the Word of God. Please listen. There are crocodiles everywhere today. There are crocodiles everywhere in the waters of the schools, on campuses, in social clubs, and yes, on the internet. There are crocodiles. And that is why guarding them from the crocodiles of wokeism, of transgenderism, of racism, and of sexual confusion is what godly moms and dads are doing today. These crocodiles that we are seeing in the waters of many a school Some of the schools used to be Christian schools. Now they're anti-Christian, and then they lie about it. Now, here's a fact. Please listen carefully. In many ways, in many ways, and this isn't important for those of us who are parents of adult children, in many ways, we cannot keep our children forever from the River Niles of this world. But we can remind them of God's plan for their life, of God's love for them, of God's purpose for their life, of God's waiting for their repentance and turning to Him, of God's blessing that awaits them when they repent and turn to the Lord and obey His word. Remind them that being different from the evil surroundings is good. Reminding them that being different from their evil peers, should be worn as a badge of honor. Now, most of you know, again, that's in the Bible, Pharaoh is a type of Satan. And like Satan, what Pharaoh was trying to wear people down, God's people. And just what's happening today, they're trying to wear godly parents down. That's really what that, this is very Satanic. It's very Satanic. Like Satan, they try... They're trying to eliminate God's people. They silence them, and then they want to eliminate them altogether. And that is why again and again and again, God warns His people not to go back to Egypt because Egypt and Pharaoh is the place where the backsliders go in rebellion against God because there they're away from godly parents, from godly people and from godly influence. Hear me right. Loving moms and who have sacrificed so much for their children's priority, protection, provision for their children, are modeling no one less than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Christ, who gave His life up on that all rugged cross, so that everyone who would come to Him, repenting of their sin, believing in Him, receiving Him as their only Savior and Lord, can receive His forgiveness and eternal life with Him forever in heaven. That's why He came. There may be someone here today. There may be someone here today or somebody watching around the world. I don't know. God knows and you know. Someone here maybe never, never comprehended the enormity of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Someone who may... Had their mothers pray for them, interceded for them. Whether the mothers are living still or g- gone to be with the Lord, <laughs> they prayed for them, but they're still in the far country. They're still wandering away. They're still swimming with the crocodiles of the world's water today. Today can be the day in which you turn your life to Christ. Don't miss the opportunity. I don't miss an opportunity to offer an invitation because you, this may be your last opportunity to hear the gospel message and to respond to Christ and save your life eternally, not just here and now. For you to turn to Christ is the greatest decision you could make in life. Turn. To the God of your parents and the God of your grandparents. Like Jacob, your mom may have had everything going against her. The culture, the laws, the government, the whole system. And yet she diligently protected, prepared, and prayed for you. You know that. Today, you can surrender your life to Christ. Don't put it off. And then at the end of the service, as we give the altar call for coming participating at the Lord's table, as you surrender your life, maybe for the first time, or maybe you're returning to Christ off wander off in the, in the water of the, of, the, of the world's Niles, this is your altar call. Come to Christ. Why you put it off, tomorrow cannot be guaranteed. For nearly eight years, as I said, Jacobit prepared Moses for Pharaoh's pagan palace. She prepared Moses for Pharaoh's evil influence. She prepared Moses to live far away from her and from her protective influence. In the end, she did what all of us with adult children must do, and that is trust God with our children. The time comes... When we have to do that, I know and you know that there are some parents who have a hard time letting go of their children. I mean, they may be in their 20s and their 30s, they still want them under their wings. I understand that. Believe me, I've seen it. (laughs) I understand, (laughs) having attended at least four college orientation what do you call those, convocations? I heard everything. I remember years ago, the president of Furman University told us about how they found a mom hiding in her son's closet (laughs) two days after the orientation. Listen to me, please. Godly moms protect their children but we must let go and let God take over when they become adults. Now listen, I've got to testify to you. As, as those of you who are regularly here know, I always come clean with you. Whether it's weakness or strength, I tell you. But I must testify to the strength and the ability of letting go better than me is my wife. That's her strength, and I thank God for it. A million years ago, it feels like a million years ago, we dropped our first in college, and that was really one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I can't believe that she's gonna be ready to drop her first in college now. Uh, But I remember after we dropped her off, and, and we're driving back, and I lost it completely. I mean, I lose it sometimes when I'm preaching, but that's not like, I mean, I lost it completely. It was out of control. I had to pull off the road. And my wonderful, strong wife said to me, pull yourself together. <laughs> Stop being a sissy. <laughs> So I'm telling you, that's something I had struggled with. But in all seriousness, listen to me, please. If, you, if I lost you, come back. <laughs> God's plan for our children is beyond us. God's plan for our children is for them to be salt and light. God's plan for our children is for them to be ambassadors of the king themselves. That's God's plan for our children. Listen to me. Had Jacob not prepared to release her son into Pharaoh's court, the course of history would have been written differently. I know God is sovereign. Listen, you can't match me on the sovereignty of God. I tell you, I am absolutely, I am into the sovereignty of God. (laughs) And he could have done it some other way. But still, in his sovereign plan, he used Jacob's willingness to release her son to the protective hand of God, even in the pagan palace of Pharaoh. God's plan for saving his people would have been totally different. But thank God for Moses' mother. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Please don't, don't switch off. And here's the question. Are you cooperating with God's plan? Or are you dragging your heels and wanting your own plan instead? Listen to me. Had God the Father not given up His God the Son, you and I would never have experienced salvation, forgiveness of sin, joy and peace here and now, and eternal life with Him in heaven. If we were not for Jesus' willingness to leave the Father's glory, we would have been still enslaved to sin today. So let me tell you this as I come to the end and prepare our hearts to come to the table of the Lord. I know I'm safe in saying that every one of us had a mother. Not a birthing parent, a mother. (laughs) Some of these mothers are here around still, thank God, but others like me, mothers have gone to glory, praising God face to face. The most important part is the following. Listen carefully, I'm coming to the end. What are you doing in carrying your mother's legacy? What are you doing for God to perpetuate your mother's mission? What are you doing for God to impact your world for Christ? Moses fulfilled his mother's mission. What about you? What about you? Father... There are moments like it is now for me when emotions can break the back of words, and no adequate words, in gratitude and thanksgiving to you for my own mother. And the many faithful mothers, especially those who are still around and who have continuously faithfully ministering to their families, give them strength. Give them power. Show them and teach them when to hold and when to let go. And how for all of us to be able to trust You, our living Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that not a single person would walk down these aisles to participate at your, the Lord's table without knowing Jesus as their only Savior and Lord. Lord, I pray that as many would walk down and up in the balcony and right on the sides, Father, they will be handing you their addictions, they're handing you their failures and handing you their sins. Father God, that literally as as the ushers would come in and pick up all the stuff, they can pick up all that stuff and hand it to the blood of Jesus. Do not allow a single person to walk in these aisles the same way they walked into the church this morning. Send us all out of this place in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, Father, we are so thankful for this incredible reminder of Jesus' death on the cross. but well, the word of god tells us that the lord jesus on the night he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given